Hello, I'm Cindy Jacobs, and I am so glad to join you at Kensington Temple. I have many fond memories of preaching at KT, and I love Amanda and Colin Dye, so this is indeed a privilege. You know, many times people ask the prophets, what is God saying now? And it's very interesting because in order to understand what God is saying now, we want to understand what God said before. Because then we look at the before in the light of the now. And we have uh, met uh, last November with a whole group of prophets here in the Dallas area where I live. And just ask the Lord, what is your word for 2020? It's very interesting, the three words that we got. And I want to unpack them and unpack them in the light of your life today. We got the word reset. We got the word restitution and we got the word reformation. And so, you know, at the time we didn't know what the reset would be, but we knew that God was saying to us that 2020 would be a new era, E-R-A, would be something completely new, something that we had never known, something that we had not seen before, and, you know, even the prophets prophesy in part. And so we went back and we were looking in our records from past years to see what else the Holy Spirit had said to us. And I'm going to pack this uh, biblically also to you. Uh, but the Lord has said to us that there would be viruses coming that were seemingly, we were seemingly unable to deal with. And so we knew that something was happening, something that was coming that would seemingly be so huge that people would not know what to do with them. We also, on the other hand, received words about a great awakening uh, and uh, uh, what God would do. Some of you may have heard the prophecy that God gave me for Great Britain about you being a resolute nation and Thank God for that. I just want to honor all of you there uh, listening to this in Great Britain, England, you know, is where KT is. And so let's unpack this a little bit because I believe the prophetic word should be useful. It should be of a help in our everyday life. It should be something that helps us anchor, that gives us hope, that helps us come to a place where we can overcome in the midst of difficult crisis, where we can overcome in the midst of times that, that are very, very challenging for us. But praise God, the scripture has reminded us and told us that we are overcomers, that we are called to be overcomers in this day. So what are we to reset? Well, I want to tell you a story, if I could, that includes resetting of a life, restitution of a life, and restoration, all in just one story. And it's the story of Zacchaeus. The story of Zacchaeus is found in Scripture in Luke, the 19th chapter. Now, let me tell the setting for this. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. At the time, Jericho was just a huge commercial city. K 
caravans would come in and out. It was a place that the caravans would have to come and pay a tax before they could go any further. It was a very famous city, a very well-known city. So if you were the chief tax collector, the chief of the chiefs, you would have been very wealthy, mostly by corruption. So there was a man, the Bible says in Luke 19, 2, named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief collect, tax collect, tax, <laughs> sorry, he was a chief tax collector. And we could say he was a superintendent and other people reported to him. When Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, this is verse five and six now, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house. Stop a moment. We know that Jesus walked in the office of the prophet. So Jesus comes into this city and can I say something? I don't think Jesus did anything without intent. I believe that when Jesus came to the city of Jericho, that he knew that Zacchaeus would be up that tree. And so he looked up and he called the man's name. Now, nowhere in scripture do we see that anyone had told Jesus the chief tax collector is going to be up that tree and his name is Zacchaeus. But Jesus knew his name and he called his name. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down out of that tree. And then he says, I'm going to stay with you. Hurry and come down for I must stay at your house for a rabbi to stay at the house of the greatest crook in the whole city maybe in the region, was unbelievable. All the righteous people in the crowd must have thought, why does he deserve the master? Why does he deserve? But you see, he wasn't deserving. Zacchaeus wasn't deserving. But Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came for that. And so we see... Zacchaeus reaction. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and welcomed Jesus with joy. It's interesting how the compassion of God and the love of God can change a heart. Even the most hardened sinners. Zacchaeus stopped, this is verse 8, and said to the Lord, Lord, I am now giving half of my possessions to the poor and if I cheated anyone at everything, I will give back four times as much. Now, this was incredible. Jesus didn't say to Zacchaeus, you evil, corrupt man, Zacchaeus, get down here. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to tell you what a terrible, awful man you are. No, he loved Zacchaeus. And the love of God convicted this chief tax collector. So what happened? Well, this helped eradicate poverty. We don't know completely, but his wealth would have fed a lot of people, helped take care of a lot of people. And then he talked about his corruption. If I've cheated anyone, I'll get four times as much. At this time, there was something called the law of restitution. And if any, in, in, in the Old Testament, sometimes we don't talk about this, but 
if you had cheated anyone, you were to give a certain amount of money. Well, Zacchaeus gave way over the amount of money. So we see this was a reset for Zacchaeus, but it was also a reset for the city. You know what? God is just. You know, here in the United States, and I know in Great Britain, we're having a reset concerning racism. The Lord is listening to cries for justice. You know, there have been uh, many inequities that have gone on in our nation and gone on in, uh, you know, uh, the nations of the world. And God is showing us that it's time to pay attention. It's time to make things right. It's time for restoration. And, you know, I know we've been many, many, we've had many, many prayer meetings here in the U.S. over this. Uh, in fact, just yesterday I was downtown Dallas. We were at our original courthouse on our knees, just weeping over this issue. Uh, some of my black friends here were leading this initiative, actually son and daughter in the Lord. But God is able to take the worst situations and turn them for good. And we want to do that. We must marry righteousness and justice. We must see that justice comes. So this is a reset for nations. You know, we had the COVID-19, you know, and, and God was resetting families. Uh, there's all kinds of shakings going on, something Satan are doing, but the Lord is working in the middle of all of it. Some great sorrows, you know, there's been sorrows of people that have lost. But I want to say to you, God wants to restore to you. God wants to bring peace. God wants to bring joy. And God wants to restore your life in this new era. And you might say, well, Cindy, how's it going to happen? Well, I promise you that right now, right at this moment, God is working on your behalf. Right at this moment, God is making a plan for you. God is working on restitution for you, a reset for you. We need to reset our priorities. And in fact, I was looking to this word reset. It means to go back to the original state or adjust the current state. And so how do we adjust? Well, I wanna tell you, God is gonna show you how to adjust for a new season. And you know, it's gonna be better. It's gonna be better than the old season. Oh, you know, many people, you know, we've talked and shared and prayed and and people have said, well, you know, some of them said, I had such a good season and now my business is a wreck and things are so bad. But I wanna tell you, today's test will be a testimony of tomorrow. God is gonna restore. God is gonna give you a reset, even what Satan's done. We know that John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal. The Bible says the thief does not come except to steal, kill and destroy. And this is Jesus speaking. I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. The word abundantly there is very interesting in the Greek. It means super abundantly. It means supernaturally abundant. I have heard stories recently about the transfer of wealth in this season that are just practically mind-boggling. And, 
You know, I want to say to you, God loves you. He doesn't love your neighbor more than you. He loves you. And he has a plan for your life. And Satan is out to destroy you. But don't blame God on what Satan has done. Because God works for your good. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you for good and not for evil to give you an expected end. God has a plan for you to help you and he will help you. So if we are in this season, then how do we find the way up? Why do I say the way up? The way for greater things, the way for blessing. Also the way to be a blessing for others. We don't just live for ourselves. We want to be able to bless others. And we know we've been given great authority over all the power of the evil one. I love this Bible verse. Luke 10, 19. Probably some of you know just when I said it what it is. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all, all, say all, all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. We have been given authority. When Satan comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. When we don't know what to do, we can cry out to the Lord and the Lord will tell us what to do. Listen to this. I just love the word. Isaiah 61, 7. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Wow. Double honor. So what if you have been humiliated? What if you have lost your job? What if you are in a place you don't know what to do? Stand on the promises of God. Stand on the promises and don't be moved by your current situation. I pray double honor over you. And then it says, instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. When things happen like this, confusion can try to reign. I mean, it just feels like, and it is true, the heavens are very violent right now. And one thing happens after the other, after the other. And, uh, you know, it's very difficult. Uh, in the middle of the shaking here and COVID, all of a sudden everybody's on the streets <laughs> and walking arm to arm. And it used to be that, you know, they would get in trouble, but now everybody's standing up. And so God just shifted that in a moment. And I believe he's going to help us in this moment, even, you know, from the pandemic getting worse, if we pray, God will help us. You know, I was talking to some of my black friends and they made a comment. It was really good. They said, listen, we whispered about our situation and racism and no one listened. And now we're shouting and now we're screaming. Well, of course, we don't agree. Um, I don't, I haven't seen the news to know if there's looting or whatever uh the over where you are the um the protests have pretty much mostly uh become peaceful here many 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 prayer meetings i'm sure you're having them where you are too so this scripture isaiah 61 7 says in the land they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs wow everlasting joy that means the joy doesn't stop. 
that means it keeps going. And I know you may be in a situation right now and you're going, Cindy, I feel anything but joyful right now. But I want to tell you, biblically, I don't think joy is an emotion. It's a choice. I choose to rejoice. I choose to be joyful. So we need to stand and we need to believe that we are going to know how to reset and that we are going to know we are going to receive restitution and we're going to receive restoration. Now, this is a very important point, and this is something I've been working on personally. In order to claim back what Satan has stolen, I wrote this down, we must first walk in forgiveness to the one who stole it from us. You see, this is the message of the cross. Jesus forgave the people who were crucifying him. And so it's important that we forgive the unforgivable. It's hard to forgive the unforgivable, but God will give us grace. You know, there's a story, we have a family story. Uh, Mike worked for another ministry for a while many years ago, other than ours, Generals International. And um, they didn't pay him. They didn't pay him, they didn't pay him. Finally, he they owed him about $27,000. And uh, this ministry had assets they could have sold and they could have paid him. So it just began to eat at him. You know, he like, it wasn't good. And he didn't want to be like that, but he just felt like he'd been treated so unjustly. And he had. And so finally, uh, they still owed us like $27,000. And this was years ago. And we we needed that money. We We had bills to pay and you know he hadn't gotten paid and we had finances that uh, that we owed you know and so but as we prayed together we came to the conclusion we needed to just release that money just forgive it and we did and they were so surprised when we did but we just you see that was holding us in bondage the, the pain of that the, uh, the lack of justice we were receiving held us in bondage, and but we forgave. We still didn't know what we were going to do financially, but let me tell you what God did for us. That year, supernaturally, we were able to pay off $90,000 on our house. We paid off our car, and we bought a piece of land, and we paid cash for that too, for eight acres. How did it happen? I don't know. It's not like we got a raise, but just, you know, uh, something would happen where we'd teach somewhere or something, you know, and God just made up the money. And at the end of the year, we looked around and we realized God had given us restitution. Not only did we have the money, the amount of money we forgave, but we had much more. I just want to talk to you just a moment about forgiveness. When you don't forgive... It puts you in a prison house. It doesn't put the other person in a prison house. It puts you in a prison house. The Bible says if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. So we need to, by faith, forgive. And Satan cannot stand up to forgiveness. 
Right now, in the midst of restoration and restitution, the Lord is raising up Joseph's and Daniel's. As I am listening to stories across the globe, I would say there has never been a time there has been more uh, Joseph's and Daniel's. Joseph's helping their nations economically. I was just on a call with an economic forum. People have prepared for years for this time for God to raise them up studying biblical economics. But sometimes it takes a while. And though, and maybe you've been prophesied too that you would have wealth or the power to get wealth or that you were a Joseph or you were a Daniel. And listen to what Psalms 105, 17 through 19 says. He sent a man before him, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They, hit his, they hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that the word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Sometimes we get a prophecy and things go sideways. They look like they get worse. Stand on the word. Stand on, stand on scripture. Stand on that prophecy that God gave you. Sometimes we have to war over a prophecy, like it says in First Timothy one eighteen through twenty, where Paul told Timothy to war, wage a good warfare over the prophecies told him. And so I want to. Uh, tell you uh, a story and and it deals with restoration and it deals with people believing for restoration Joel 2.25 says I will restore the years that the swarming locusts have eaten and then let's look at Joel 2.26 says you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied wow and praise the name of the Lord your God who's dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame let me tell you a story of restoration. There was a young woman who lived in Columbia and her pastor preached on restoration and restitution. And she decided the Lord had told her, I want you to sow a financial gift towards your restoration. Sow it and believe you're going to receive. And she did. Well, this young woman had had a, a terrible an injustice done to her. Someone stole her car from her garage. And so she sold and she said, I don't know how, but Lord, I just want to be able to get another car. I want my car back or whatever, something to do with restitution and restoration. So a week after she sold that seed, she went home from a church meeting one night and in her garage was a big paper sack. And she thought, how did somebody get in my garage? Because, you know, already her car had been sold in out of her garage. So this was disconcerting. So she looked in the paper sack and there was a lot of money in there. And there was a note. And the note said, I am the thief that stole your car. One week ago, I got born again, and I now believe in Jesus Christ. I cannot give you the car back. I already sold it, but here is the money that I got from selling your car. Amazing. Amazing. He gave every bit back. God is a God of restoration. And you know what? God, what God did for that young lady, 
God did for you. Let me pray for you, and I want to prophesy over Kensington Temple. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for restoration, restitution. Lord, I pray for the reset. Father, I pray that your children will know what to do. Father, I pray that there will be an anointing for forgiveness in this season. In a hard time, you're going to help them forgive. And the Lord says to you, Kensington Temple, for many years I have prepared you for this time in the nation. I have prepared all you have done, all you have, all you have pioneered. And the Lord says in this season, of course, this is, you know, actually something that we would say you don't have to be prophetic to know, but you're going to lead the way for racial equity and restoration. I see that many in the congregation, the Lord is going to give you a new voice, a new sound, and you are going to be one of those that is a reconciler. I see people um, making vows to one another relationally, meaning that you're not going to break up. In the midst of the difficult times, you're not going to be offended. You're not going to take on offense against other church people. You're not going to, to let some dumb thing that say somebody like me says, you know, with my skin color, drive you away. And the white people are not going to be offended at the black people having a voice or the people from the West Indies or different parts of the world or the Africans or, you know, whoever else. And so the Lord says to you, first of all, Kensington Temple is going to grow and not go down. And you're going to expand, expand your borders. There's going to be a refocusing, realignment. There's some things you were doing in this reset, you will not have that focus in this season because God has given you a new focus. And the Lord says, I have called you to dance upon injustice. I have called you to be a voice for the voiceless. I'm going to give a program even in the church. So Kensington Temple will be a poverty-free zone, meaning if you come to KT, that you will not be able to stay poor. So the Lord says, there has been some shaking and, and I am shaking everything that can be shaken, but I have a plan in the end that will help and assist you even in the midst of the shaking. And do not let the shaking around you cause you to panic. Don't hit the panic button, says the Lord. Because the Lord says, I am going to help you. Now, this is what I see. You know, at Pentecost, there was a great, and we just had Pentecost. There was, there was uh, a lot of people that had to come together and stay in one place for 10 days. I don't know if they liked each other. They could have been from many different nations. But they stayed in the room. And uh, a friend of mine shared this analogy with me, Will Ford. And I think it's... Uh, uh, very applicable for what's going on today. Even though Satan tries to bring offense, stay in the upper room. Stay in worship together. Stay in prayer together. And God will help you come out of this season greater and stronger. And 
I see businesses that are going to restructure. And the Lord says that you, you know, have had loss, but I'm going to show you even new creative ideas for new businesses, new ideas on what to do. So you will know, says the Lord, uh, uh, how to go up and create wealth on a greater level than you can ever imagine. Well, God bless you. I, I pray that, that this has been a blessing to you. Stay in the room. Don't get offended. Let the Lord reset your life. He's resetting our life. But you know what? We're dreaming bigger. We're dreaming bigger. And so we can say thank God for the reset because sometimes we become a settler rather than a pioneer. We just settle in to the current situation and make the best of it. No, we're not called to settle in and make the best of it. We're called to be overcomers. We're called to prosper. We're called to, to triumph in this life. So Father, I just pray against any oppression that people are feeling, oppression that you're feeling of hopelessness or fear. And I just rebuke those demonic spirits in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, that there is joy and that you're going to give us joy unspeakable and full of glory, that we're going to go from glory to glory to glory. God bless you. Love you all so much.